0: Hey guys, welcome back to The Yurt. Today we got... Justin Nelson.
1: And you're from what?
0: Oh, I'm from, well, California, like we mentioned. Uh, yeah. Born in San Diego, lived in Utah since 97, so I'm 34 now. I'm technically a Utahan, I guess. And, yeah. Uh, just a woodworker. Uh, just been doing different stuff my whole life. I've done a lot of art and design, graphic design. Um, but yeah, yeah.
1: What's the skate shop's name, or the, the board shop?
0: Drang is the name.
1: And you guys, I mean, you guys have a, uh, you got a European team.
0: We do, yeah. We got we got guys all over, men and women. Um, Belgium, France, Switzerland, uh, let's see, Singapore, Philippines, um, a lot in
1: California, some in Utah. Yeah? Mm-hmm. And men, they're flying down those hills.
0: Yeah, they get quick. What would you guess the top speed on a longboard is?
1: 60, 70? It's just right
0: under ninety-one. Yeah, miles per <laughs> no, hour. That's man. not kilometers per hour.
1: I uh, yeah, I saw the European video you guys had on your page, the Euro Tour. Yeah, yeah, and that was they were just flying. Man.
0: They had a lot of fun on that trip. I wish I could go, and I've actually never met those guys in person. It's just been a you know over the internet relationship, and they've really done so much for us. You know, they they're a great people, great writers, just great community, uh, event organizers and all that. They're just a blessing to us. And, you know, we're really grateful for them.
1: So how did you get into contact with them?
0: Uh, they contacted us. They started as customers. And uh, ultimately they, you know, would order a deck, order maybe two decks and get them and have changes to make. And we'd make the changes, send them to them. And before we knew it, there was a new model and we'd name it with them and, give them graphics and send them out and they you know bring the Stoke
1: Yeah no man they uh now with longboarding I don't like is there a lot of competition and stuff with that
0: Absolutely um there's what's called the IDF the International Downhill Federation which has an actual international circuit for downhill Okay and that's been going for well over 10 years I mean before we even started and yeah the circuit goes all over europe sometimes in southeast asia um sometimes south america canada absolutely america and yeah people will follow that whole tour and there's you know the thing about downhill is there's a winner you know whoever makes it down quickest is the winner it's not judgeable really i mean sometimes it comes down to judging with you know little things here and there but uh ultimately it's a very competitive sport um Full leathers, you got pucks on your gloves so you can contact the road with your hand as you go into corners, in and out of corners, trimming speed. Um, I digress. Uh, it's quite competitive. Actually, there's what's called the World Roller Games, uh, which is a precursor to the 2024 Olympics, okay. which is going to be a downhill event in the Olympics. It's going to be an Olympic event. Um, and so they're scouting from people all over the world that are downhill riders. A lot of them do go through that circuit with the IDF. And um, I think there were, last time I checked, there were 12 riders, and almost half of them were on our lumber, riding our decks. Oh, yeah. And that's kind of that's kind of special for us because, you know, we're just really small, really kind of boutique cottage builder. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we build custom, so we have the ability to, like, Change designs on the fly and make sure the riders got exactly what they need under their feet, you know, so they can break their own goals and and just drive it forward. And the sports really progressed a lot uh, since it started. Obviously, like downhill, going from dudes without helmets going down really fast hills in California on and, banana boards. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it happened back in you know '60s and '70s where they yeah. had huge events, people going downhill. And of course, Solalem kind of, I think, paved the way for that as well. Um, but, you know, I don't want to <laughs> misrepresent the facts there. I'm not too big on the history of, of downhill and, and that aspect. I'm more of like familiar with the modern yeah. the modern progression of it. But uh, even since I've started building or, or writing or being in contact with that network, it's really grown quite a bit and yeah it is super competitive and uh i think ultimately in the next four years in the olympics you'll be seeing downhill as a main event in the olympics which i'm really excited for it was supposed to be in the 2020 olympics but we all know what happened with that so we'll see if it happens in the next uh summer olympics it's kind of like a barracks style street league style event which is cool and i (laughs) I think they also added breakdancing to the Olympics. It's a oh, new yeah. <laughs> event. Yeah.
1: That would be pretty fun to see. Yeah. The uh who is the biggest like the biggest longboard company right now is Sector 9, gotta be. Section Sector 9. Right? Sector
0: 9's got to be the biggest, yeah. And from that's the, like from if you are going
1: go. into any Pacsun or Yeah. any of those places
0: Vans, Pacsun, all the main chains, you know, any any skate shops carrying probably the full line of sector nine and they've got their entire downhill line which they've kind of dialed back quite a bit in the recent years um but i mean 2012 2012 to 2014 was really big for kind of the downhill community on a local level a community level and even you know worldwide but each state each region kind of has their own community and the people are really great at Planning events and executing on them and putting out content, event coverage and all of that. And that was really big during that time. There were a ton of events that that were amazing. And we actually would show up uh, several years in a row to this one in Goldendale, Washington, okay. um, which is in the middle of nowhere, just on the other side of the Columbia River on Mary Hill Loops Road. Which is an amazing hill, actually, and there's a lot of facts about that that are pretty remarkable. But uh, we traveled out there a few years in a row and got to see that firsthand, and it was really quite amazing. That was a, a World Cup uh, event, it, part of the IDF World okay. Circuit, and I think a lot of times that closed it out. Um, I might I might be wrong there, but uh, yeah, just really competitive, really amazing track. It's it's uh, it was built by a man named Sam Hill. <laughs> 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 and uh let's see 2.2 miles you know, i think it's just under two miles 22 turns and it has every type of corner every type of turn that Ooh. there is so it's like they'll have races with cars motorcycles uh just all types gravity sports and, and automotive
1: okay and
0: uh yeah just all year long people are racing it so when you know you you're there for the event and the skaters are racing over tire marks and it's just really incredible to to
1: what do they do about rocks
0: it's swept regularly they're actually big on safety in the community you know like you're i wouldn't call it shaming but what is the term no helmet no respect you know like you don't want to have the cops coming and busting up your spot you know blowing your spot and so they're big on safety especially at events and they have hay bales in the corners and you know the uh, the people are sweeping the hay off of there and all the dirt off just after every run Yeah. and i mean when it's not an event what do you do about rocks you just go right over them <laughs> try <laughs> yeah. to avoid them as much as possible but i
1: don't i've only rode you know like a regular skateboard and yeah rocks are deadly
0: hard wheels they're smaller they're hard so when you hit a rock it can be catastrophic but uh with with longboard wheels downhill wheels they're wider they're bigger they're they're gushy they're softer so they just should roll right over i mean there are guys out of colorado that started putting videos out where they're just running right over cattle guards like going 50 miles an hour no problem you just got to like kind of lift up feel weightless you know think a happy thought and send it you know
1: Yeah, it's a little different when you're doing 90 miles an hour (laughs) yeah 90
0: is the top speed i think it's 90 point one or something like that and that was done like two years ago and he was that was like out of a corner straight shot and then
1: what did i mean did he have his trucks just like bolted down or how did he stop speed wobbles from that
0: (laughs) (laughs) well speed wobbles so there's kind of a misnomer about that the wobbles is your feet right like okay. it's in your ankles so the second you start feeling that wobble you just want to tighten your ankles you don't want to tense up too much you just want to send all your strength down there okay and you know manhandle that board and make it do what you want to do um but i mean there's another term loose trucks save lives so if it's too tight that wobble can you know happen a little bit easier so i mean guys will dial in their setup they'll dial in their trucks and you know all sorts of durometer of bushing that that exists and different shapes and different uh different gear altogether to kind of tune in your setup to to get out to get what you want out of it and uh so i don't know what exactly he was running but lately narrower trucks is the thing yeah and it's kind of like an amalgamation of that slalom seems... setups to to longboards. The boards are getting shorter. Like a lot of skateboarders will say, like longboarding is not skateboarding. they you know the boards are so long, but now uh, it's kind of a debate of the wheelbase, like how far apart your trucks are. But anymore, yeah. a lot of the people going the fastest have boards that are shorter than skate decks. You know, Why would 32? they want
1: that? I would imagine they'd want more surface area to grip.
0: Well, they they like speed and they like cornering just it's it's more nimble you have uh, more response you know it's just more agile and uh ultimately you don't want anything much longer than your tuck i mean when you're when you're locked in in your tuck you you want your front truck and your rear truck just right around where your feet are so you can really act upon it so we're talking really stiff board um so when you lean into it there's no you know there's high high fidelity between yeah. your feet and and the trucks and ultimately the contact of the wheel on the road but i mean there's been huge developments and strides that have been made with Peralta and venom that have made some incredible wheels that didn't exist 10 years ago that really took it to the next level and i mean slide competitions is another event that people will organize that you know it's not about speed it's not about getting down the hill the fastest is about how long you can slide your board and like that's a whole other aspect to wheels too you don't necessarily want all the grip all the time but when you need the grip you want it there yeah i don't know there's just
1: man i mean could talk gear would...
0: for days but
1: i would imagine you'd go through wheels like crazy if they you do inside yeah. competitions
0: yeah. they core them they'll ride them all the way down to the meat's gone you know
1: yeah uh, man that's have you ever like gotten into any of the luge is that even still a thing
0: yeah i mean it's that's probably more widely recognized. Well, I mean, the Olympic sport, they were, I think luge was an Olympic sport, but skeleton definitely was for a long time. Okay. That's probably more well known even than downhill skateboarding, but it's a thing. Um, it, as the event that I mentioned, Maryhill Festival of Speed, they have a classic luge and a street luge division for that. So they all race on their own, and there are definitely people all over that are doing it and uh, we have we have some dudes on some luges we've built and
1: Okay, yeah I didn't see any of the luge boards.
0: Street luge is like your composite and metal, they got the frame you hold on to, but then the classic luge is
1: just wood. Yeah. Just like a big old deck, like a butt board you could call it. So when you're coming up with shapes for this, like obviously on, you know, a regular skateboard you just I mean there's not a whole lot you can do with that, but what what are you guys doing designing boards what do you look for with that
0: well i think ultimately it's like top mount or drop through uh cut out or you know just like a full shape Mm -hmm. um pintail is a thing that's something that sector nine really like is known for their pintail boards i mean nine out of ten boards you see skating on the street that's a pintail it's gonna be a sector nine and a lot of them are home built too if it's not which is kind of neat, and then arbor, Arbor's in there as well. So, I mean, you have some classic shapes, but then you have your speed boards, racing boards, which for a long time were cut out, which... Wheel bite. It's to alleviate wheel bite, so when you're turning into a corner, the the wheel's not hitting the deck. Yeah. So you throw wheel wells in there and flares, just kind of like a fender, to make sure that, you know, the wheel's not going to contact the deck, but it just depends on the rider's style, ultimately. There's a... You know, basically those basic uh, types of shapes and you kind of come at it from that angle. But then based around the rider's weight, uh, shoe size, riding styles, goal in mind for speed, uh, tuck, all of that kind of plays into your wheelbase. And you kind of start with a wheelbase and a a general idea on, you know, whether it's a cutout or not. Um, And you can get in all sorts of crazy stuff with wedging the front truck, de-wedging the rear truck and, you know. Hmm. That's all a whole other can of worms. But uh, Jared, uh, my brother... So it's me and my two brothers. Okay. We are always known as the Drang Brothers. That's why the name... Our uncle gave us that name. And uh, so that's just what you call us. But he's the engineer. He, he does it all in CAD. And uh, we'll start with a shape and go into uh, the CAD software and make a 3D surface, essentially for the mold. And really nitpick every aspect of it and a lot of times with the writer whoever whoever's commissioning the board and uh yeah there are just a lot of aspects to to it but ultimately it's it's um a preference thing and it's it's uh yeah it has a lot to do with well there's a function for every aspect of it right so you kind of just talk with the writer and see what works best for them and you build it out and test it and make changes accordingly and eventually land on something they really like and if it ain't broke don't fix it you know
1: so. <laughs> uh is it is it your goal to stay like custom board shop or are you ever going to try to get what sector nine's got going
0: it is a goal to just stay just stay custom okay. there are plenty of people out there doing mass production
1: yeah i don't know like i've i remember seeing the sector nine videos back in like i mean they're a great company oh two or something yeah they put out great
0: content they have a great team um again their team's been peeled back a lot a lot of brands have you know kind of diminished their team a little not anything negative just it's changed over the years but uh sector nine is great they have a lot of great shapes a lot of great concaves um yeah
1: they uh i I don't know who else competes like on a you know sort of a mass produced scale with them is there a lot for longboards specifically mm,
0: kind of actually gold coast sells a lot of cruisers a lot of pintails mini cruisers stuff like that um, and they're kind of in that class land yachts out of canada they started just basically downhill speedboards like one of their original downhill Rioters, ambassadors, striker Bryson Stryker Lions, he's I don't know, man. How big are you, Stryker? Three fifty, four fifty? He's big boy. Oh. Skating down uh canyons in Canada barefoot, you know, going as fast as you could, and they originally styled their boards around holding his weight, going sixty, seventy miles an hour as man. fast as as fast as you can, being that big, dude's a cannonball. So the Evo came out and what was the other one? Oh, I forget, but, uh, yeah, they now are building a lot of the mini cruisers and, uh, you see them all over, but,
1: uh, I'd say, yeah, land yachts, um, Pal Peralta. Okay. Um, cause he had the, like when I was a kid, he had Pal. Powell... Yeah. It was just Pal's Powell, still
0: in the Powell. game, man. They, they're still killing it.
1: Yeah. I did. I mean, I'm. From the time I was a teenager until, you know, I got out of it, yeah. it seemed like he sort of disappeared though. I don't I don't know. Did he go he went on the Walmart side of things for a while? Who is specifically? What, uh Pal Peralta. Oh, he used yeah, to yeah, have yeah. Pal like around the time, you know, before like when World Industries first came out. And then I just didn't see him in like CCS catalogs or anything anymore. He what is it? It's like uh He really just
0: he owned it like he kept it all in California I believe that's where they're at still um all under the same roofs uh what is it skate one building the wheels you know all the all the urethane products Mm -hmm. uh and then the boards and all that all the screen printing all the design and everything is under the same roof and they just control their quality to a very high degree and they have some really amazing technology that they've invented: their presses, their curing process, their urethanes, their pouring, all of that. I mean, they've incorporated urethane into the skateboards now, and the, well, maybe the, da- the downhill boards. Byron, has, no, sorry, not Byron. He's a he's a Powell rider, but Kevin Reimer had his own truck company, has his own truck company, Era, and he got on Powell and started developing boards and wheels, and it's really gone so far. And, uh, yeah, they're still in the game, and they're still killing it. And so Powell, Sector 9, Arbor, I believe Arbor at some point or maybe now is owned by Sector 9. And then, uh, yeah, Land Yachts and Gold Coast. Gold Coast is actually a Utah company. And, uh, yeah, those far and wide, you'll see those decks everywhere. But we're not trying to jump on that game at all. We, we're really gunning for the one-off yeah. high-end custom that, you know, we always kind of say don't just buy a board by your board you know okay, exactly yeah, what makes you need sense. exactly what you want because ultimately we want to help people i've been saying goals a lot throwing that term around but we want people to achieve their goals you know and, and that's happened through that method and we've kind of just stuck with it and improved where we can and it's uh a beautiful thing to to wake up and build for people every morning every day and clear into the night and kind of break your back over it and then send it out and have the person come back three weeks later and say man i just did my first you know 180 toe side at 60 miles an hour (laughs) it's like it's beat it by 20 miles an hour and it's like that's a really cool feeling for them i'm sure but for us as well so it's really
1: how uh, many forms you guys got laying around you gotta have tons man hundred and what are you what are you using to actually press them
0: canadian hard rock maple yeah that's we wouldn't mess with anything else it's those cold winters really make a big difference. Yeah. And uh, seven, eight, nine layers. We mess with composites too. for mica, fiberglass, carbon fiber. We started using birch because it was readily available. You can get it at you know the lumber store or Home Depot. Just sheets of five by five. Yeah. And really you can't trust those factory laminations. Ours are good, but every time there was a break, it was in between our glue lines, so we knew we had to move to something else if we wanted to you know put anything out there that's going to last i mean we still have birch decks that are out there being abused every day because ultimately we put just a tad bit more glue in than than others might okay and uh we leave them in the press for a long time and there are a lot of aspects that go into it but uh canadian hard rock maple that's that's the way to go
1: now with the carbon fiber stuff does that i mean that's got to help out a lot huh what do you do Tons, like uh yeah. Like a bottom and a top coat? Or?
0: Either or. I mean, both is best. Okay. You can move it into the deck as well, or do three plies, one on the deck, two on the outside. It really depends, again, on on what the preference is, what the rider needs, but it it adds so much rigidity. Ultimately, it's the distance between the two sheets that, that give you your strength. So, I mean, it Sweet Spot's kind of seven, eight plies of maple, and then carbon fiber on the outside even fiberglass will do just so much
1: okay
0: um i guess a lot of it comes down to impact resistance and vibration dampening and carbon looks cool but you can do a lot of cool stuff with fiberglass as well because it goes clear which is real neat
1: okay and the uh like what are you using to actually press them you got a special machine or you just clamping them
0: we started Clamping them by hand and, and well, vacuum bagging. We we started with a Roar Rocket kit. They're out of Canada, and they build a vacuum bag kit that's a hand pump. Okay. Thin air press, and we messed around with that for a while and got some good results, but ultimately we needed more pressure to get the bends we wanted. So we went right to our father, who's a metal fabricator. He's been doing that for his whole life. I mean, he's really good. And we remember picking his brain at night when he was lying in bed. <laughs> Lights out, and we're just like you know what if it was a channel what if it was i-beams you know throwing around ideas and we came upon a pneumatic press that's essentially a steel channel steel square tube okay and uh has a bladder inside and you just build one side of the mold you build your female side and the bladder assumes that shape with you know wood in between you can do male and female inside of that works just fine and it Definitely has a lot of advantages using just the just the female side because each ply comes out of the mill, and it doesn't have an exact uniform thickness. There are highs and low spots. So if you're trying to crush that all down into a you know uh, a, an offset mold, that's just going to be glue in that little pocket there. But the th- the pneumatic press is going to put the highs and lows and just assume.
1: That makes sense. One. When I when I was thinking about doing it, that's what I was... I was originally going to get, like, some two-by-sixes and try to carve it out, you know? there's so many ways. Them. But, no, I didn't even think about that. I mean, I guess you could plane all that wood even.
0: Yeah, time save it. Yeah, yeah. send it through a sander, and we can. We've done that, mostly to make face plies, because your face plies sanded smooth, mm-hmm. and you leave your core plies rough, so... You know, it has more of a mechanical bond for the for the glue to grab onto and absorb into. Um, but yeah, on the presses, our dad did a great job. And we've, we have like seven, I think, that we've built. And ultimately, they just had to get stronger and more rigid because we were like seeing that that uh, square tube flex. Mm-hmm. And so we put ribs on it. I mean, we always had ribs, but we'd add more ribs and more ribs. And we went bigger and thicker until we settled on one that was just really great. Okay. Haven't had any problems with it and uh has a low footprint so we're able to have a lot of them for it's pretty inexpensive and uh they just work really great. It's really easy to work with and you know, it's fun as well to just gas it up and see that shape happen, be able to look inside of it.
1: And how long you got to keep them pressed? Overnight or
0: Yeah, I mean 24 hours typically yeah. with most adhesives what you want to go for, but I mean we've we've done We've we've fudged our glue times quite a bit. We started incorporating uh, heat blankets in about 2012, I want to say, and that okay. ramps it up quite a bit. Mainly because we were using heat set resins, um, and that helps a lot. Especially, I mean, some resins require heat. Others do not, but it definitely will okay. cut your glue time in a fraction, which is good for high production, but... As I mentioned, we're not really too concerned about cranking out tons in a day. It's more just about the quality, and, you know, heat blankets can bring an advantage that way. But you leave them in. You leave them in 12 hours, you're good. But you don't want to have spring back, which does happen, and it's notable. So the longer you leave it in, the less it's going to deflect. But okay. But there's going to be a little bit no matter how long you leave it in there, unless, I you don't know.
1: So do you overcompensate for that when you're making the form? A little bit, yeah. yeah. Mostly
0: on stuff outside of the deck because you pull it out and that whole blank, you know, is just a rectangle that's, you know, whatever, 12 inches wide or around there. And so all that excess is fighting against what's inside of it. So you stack it, stack it with others just like it. There are benefits to going in mass production and benefits for going, you know, one-offs, but... It kind of is a benefit to have buddies, you know, the buddy systems. So sometimes if we're doing one deck, we'll do two just so yeah. we can keep them together. And I don't know. It doesn't really do that much just as two, but you can keep them together, and they'll kind of keep each other in line, as it were.
1: And there's a lot of people out here. I, I mean, longboarding wasn't a big thing where I'm from, but I mean, no? I have noticed a lot Lancaster? of kids out here. Yeah, it's too flat in the city, you know. Everybody was riding regular skateboards. But uh, do you guys have like a hill here? I mean, you got a team here and everything?
0: We don't have a local team as much. It was a little strange considering, you know, there are a lot of riders in Utah. But they've all kind of already had like squatted up, as it were, and had their own group. Uh And they just wanted to skate their own hills and, you know, kind of keep it quiet. You know, they're really, they keep it, they keep a low profile. And uh, yes, there are hills around that, yeah. that are renowned. I would say a lot of people know about. They call it Cowboy Trail now, but that's not what it's really called, because that spot's been blown way too many times. I mean, people getting hit by cars and being put in the hospital, and it's just yeah. it's bad news. Obviously, you know they're still being safe, but there are accidents that happen, and that's the risk you take. I'm especially not especially
1: on long stretches.
0: Yeah, I mean, blind corners, you know, and after after so many incidents, you and this is kind of a move they made in previous years where you have spotters, you know, you'll have someone at the bottom of the hill seeing if anybody's coming up. If they are, you let everybody know or like if you're in a blind corner, they'll wave you on or they'll tell you to stop. And, you know, it's crucial. It's safe life for sure.
1: Yeah. There
0: are a lot of safeguards that have been put into place to keep people from dying, which has definitely happened.
1: Well, they, i mean there's a lot of just neighborhoods here like mm-hmm. just straight neighborhoods with big hills you know it's, yeah
0: parking parking uh sorry driveways yeah. too like in the rich neighborhoods you have driveways that are really long that kids will skate and the people get real pissed at you and then you know six months later the city comes and chip seals it and you can't skate that road anymore
1: <laughs> yeah no even the skate parks here because when, when i was growing up you know they uh they made it mandatory you had to have like your parents come and fill out a waiver and you had to be padded fully head to toes (laughs) and they closed it at like six and nobody ever went to the skate park you know i didn't start going until my kids were born and then they just got rid of the security guard and but uh yeah no it's here they got so many skate parks
0: one in every city. Every city. About, Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's it's crazy. It's cool for all these kids. They're not all
0: created equal for sure, but like no. they're there. And that's what's important is like, it's just recognized a little bit more now as recreational, like viable way of recreation. And that's amazing. It's a sport. It's recreation. It's a lifestyle. It's uh, commuting. It's exercise. It's, Ugh. you know, competitive. It's just, it's got a lot of benefits. It's got a lot of strong points for it. And that's what I love about skateboarding.
1: Yeah, that Orham Park, man. That one's that one's really mm-hmm, nice. Mhm. I mean, they got some like a little bowl there and the one now, which
0: one in Orem? The one by it's on the like
1: on the road that kind of follows by uh-huh. the freeway in line with the freeway. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that one's
0: I think that one was an Eagle project. I uh is that the one with the gnarly transitions? There's just no transition, it's just you know, an angle to a flat.
1: Oh yeah, but uh, most skate parks have that, that type of stuff. What's you know? great about a
0: skate park too, and, and it, skateboarders might say otherwise, but bike bikers can go there. Yeah, and they love it. And BMX dudes, uh, and the scooter kids say what you will about them, but they're getting out there and they're trying something out, and ultimately they're watching you and idolizing you and thinking you're so great. So like, just be respectful, you know. At that point, like,
1: well, the scooter kids, man, that that. Uh... That's come a long way because mm-hmm. nobody, I mean, I, I think the Razor scooter didn't come out until I was like 14 or 16 or something. Or something like that. Yeah. 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 And, uh, but no, it was not, it was pretty frowned upon back in the day.
0: Still is. I mean, kids are still wrecking dudes lines There are countless videos of someone like <laughs> manually after like, like Tony Hawk style combo and a scooter kid will just pop up and knock them off their board. And it's like. Just be aware, you know, is all it is. Yeah. But, I mean, you got e-scooters now that are public transportation. Yeah. I mean, I'd love to see e-boards becoming public transportation. I mean, skateboarding has a lot of advantages over biking and over scooters. But, you know, the city still kind of looks at it as a little bit of a, you know, the skaters are kind of pariahs a little bit. And I think they like it that way, which is fine. But, you know, you got to think long term and... Kind of the expansion of skateboarding and the what—not inclusion, but the acceptance of it. So it's not like a crime, you know. So skateboarding's not a crime anymore. which
1: It's weird to see how much it's changed. Like, yeah, just I, you said you were thirty-four. Yeah, yeah, I'm thirty-four too. Yeah, so same age. Um, What's your birthday? September.
0: September. Eighteenth. Eighteenth. August twenty-first. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm pretty close. Yeah.
1: Um. Yeah, no, it's weird how much it's changed. You know, even like, I don't know if you have this problem, but I try to buy shoes from, you know, like fatter. Still wearing thicker skate shoes? shoes? Now I got you my got your, slippers on. You got your moccasins on? <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, they don't sell it like they used to. They don't. All the clothes, skinny pants. Lower
0: and... profile, for sure.
1: Yeah, it's crazy.
0: I, I think it'll probably come back, though. I, I hope so. They kind of romanticize that huge, like, dc shoe the osiris shoe
1: (laughs) well there was a reason for that you know what i'm saying like you you board hits your foot or you land on it wrong totally you know now you're there i mean i hated skating in like converse chuck taylor's when i was a kid and now that's where they're all going It's crazy.
0: i think as far as like the constant progression of any discipline or any technology i guess you could call it it starts out clunky and big, and then it gets smaller, sleeker, more low profile. And it's a good thing that it's progressing and becoming more effective. Um, and kids nowadays, man, the way skateboarding is now, seeing it's, the tricks people nuts. are doing, it's like... It's I, nuts. 34. Like, my little brother skates. Our, our little brother skates. He's He shreds. Goes to the parks all the time. Even seeing him skate, it's like, I, you know, don't feel like I ever could get there, especially now. But, like, seeing the crazy stuff online, like...
1: No, yeah, it's crazy. I have no
0: desire to even try to hit a tray or, like... You know,
1: well now ten year old straight so flip, man. It's like what? It's the new kick flip. <laughs> yeah, like,
0: it's not even a big deal. Like and then you i'll
1: go skating with my kids, and it's like you know sitting there for thirty minutes just trying to land one damn kick flip. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, and
0: you, you end up hurting yourself instead.
1: Yeah. No, I took my kids out. Uh, my one oldest son wanted to go to Orem, and he was you know kind of shy there with all the other people there and then it just turned into him watching me skate <laughs> hey i think it's time to go dad <laughs> and it's you know i don't one know more I'm try just one more <laughs> yeah no you know i had to drop into that bowl before i could get out of there but you got to work sure. your way, way back up man i hadn't been on a skateboard in like five years so
0: that's why longboarding i think for a lot of people and for me is uh just the feeling of rolling around you know yeah, it's like that what's his name i forget his handle but cranberry juice drinking longboard riding
1: oh i heard about drinking,
0: that fleetwood mac lip-syncing guy like he's just feeling that vibe you know he's yeah. just chilling cruising having a good time and i don't know something about that that everybody really responded to really jived with that i think is kind of the essence still of just being on wheels you know and that's, yeah. that's the thing anything on four wheels that's not you can't even say that's not motorized anymore. That's self-propelled. It's just four wheels and and a plank. That's that's skateboarding. I don't care if it's got kicktails or not. Yeah. And skate It's called skateboarding cuz initially they took the trucks off of roller skates. You know, if it, if you didn't have roller skates before that, it still might have happened, but, you know, who knows what it would have been called.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, I actually had one when I was a kid. I had one of those banana boards uh with the roller skate cut in half. And I was cruising down somewhere in Berkeley i think it was like the the hill behind amoeba and i just totally hate it man that the clay wheels
0: you'll never forget that uh,
1: (laughs) those clay wheels hit anything you're done anything
0: it's so amazing to me that well like the clay wheel was a cadillac i think that came out with the clay wheel and before that, it was steel, right? And that wasn't ideal. So never done that. We one. had steel or steel wheels, moved to clay wheels, and then it was urethane, and urethane still the standard. I mean, who's going to mess with anything else, right? nobody tried stone wheels. Yeah, it might be a fun YouTube video, but ultimately, <laughs>
1: do you, you ever know. watch Braille skateboarding?
0: Oh yeah, man. Whew. Yeah, revive and Braille; those two just slay YouTube with their. Can't, their content's amazing. It was is that? Is it? It's revive that does. You build it, we skate it. Or is that Braille? Who uh, that no, one? it's it's Braille. It's yeah, Braille. They do that the, the glass does, yeah, boards yeah. and like they Lego do the Lego board. Deck board and... I always wanted to build the Lego board, and then I saw that video and I was like, I'm glad somebody did it because I wasn't really gonna. I just wanted to.
1: Do you ever like regret the fact that our generation didn't have? that whole where you could just screw around, make videos and then just make your living off of it, you know, you know what I'm saying? I was
0: talking about this earlier today with my lady. She was like, "Aren't you glad you grew up in that time when it wasn't so like, you know, blown out?" And I was like, "Yes, because
1: would want to prison if... Uh... <laughs> cuz we were
0: out, I don't know. It's it's a tough, it's a tough thing to answer, but I ultimately like it's kind of ironic cuz me and my brothers would always be stealing my parents' vhs camera and going out and making videos and videos of us skating and stuff and then cell phones came out and i guess i don't know if it was because i was older or what but i don't i don't really do it anymore you know i do it i don't know i guess i'm just busier right oh yeah but like it's just so ingrained with the culture now that it's kind of ironic that that i don't do that and others do i don't know it would have been weird if if I had this, this cell phone in my pocket when I was coming up, you know?
1: Oh, totally different world, man. I mean, some of these kids just screwing around. They're making more money than their parents. <laughs> it's crazy.
0: <laughs> that is a fact.
1: Yeah. And it I mean, it's not like something that just happens one out of every million kids. You know, it's a big number. Millions
0: of kids doing that probably. Who knows? That'd be an interesting metric to look at, honestly. But I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we'll have to have an episode two where we can revisit that topic because it's such a fascinating one. But ultimately for me and my life and and my family, like we used to do that stuff all the time. And as soon as that technology advanced, it's like, what are we doing now? We're not making videos. We should be. We've got a million (laughs) ideas. And that's kind of where it is with the skateboard stuff. It's like we were so inundated with build. inundated. It's kind of a bad word. We were just really busy with building boards yeah, and, you know, making sure stuff's coming in and going out that making content was really, you know, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. And we never really did. So our writers would, you know, that video you watched the Euro 201 uh-huh. and a lot of the videos on our YouTube and Instagram and Facebook are our writers writer made content and, it's great stuff, and they really are incredible and really good at what they do. And even into the multimedia department, it's just—I think—something moving forward in the world. It's just something that everybody will kind of know, and kids will know. And I think eventually there'll be on-the-fly editing app softwares, which kind of there are. Yes, yeah, but a little bit. Eventually, it's going to be like you know a skill that everybody knows, and I think that's great. But I don't know. Who knows how it'll go? Content yeah. could even content could even fall by the wayside. I mean, it's just such a yeah fast topic.
1: I mean, when we were kids, you know, they made the CKY videos, and they had enough insight to think I never, in a million years, would have thought I could get it on TV. You know, that wasn't even <laughs> Jackass. Yeah, Jackass was the only people doing it. Now,
0: now Steveo's sober, has new teeth, owns a bunch of dogs, and is totally like such he's such he's, a beautiful dude.
1: He's always selling stuff on his That's <laughs> true. That's podcast, true. He's always hawking <laughs> stuff. I don't listen to
0: his podcast much. I've heard, I've heard a bit, but yeah. man, so much on skateboarding though. Like the whole woodworking aspect of the skateboard build is something I think people don't really, people don't really appreciate enough. Yeah. And there's, just as much as skateboarding and the proliferation of it, the building is on the on the rise as well. I mean, there are so many groups on Facebook for skateboard building, DIY building, all of that. that uh, I mean, it's kind of blowing up right now. So many people every single day are just like, I'm trying to get in board building. Where yeah, do no, I go? Sure. And that's such a cool thing to see. And that's kind of another aspect about the board building and like, keeping it custom and being like niche small small quantity stuff that
1: maybe it might put the big guys out of
0: well not necessarily that i i think they should stick around and do what they're doing i don't i just don't want to compete with those facilities ultimately i don't want to compete with china at all no desire to do that well Um, i mean
1: does china even have a board that's they don't well i mean they they'll hawk i mean you got the walmart crap but yeah they make a quality board
0: dude so many so many u.s brands are built in china yeah you know and i mean it, not that it's a bad thing they can make a great board that's a fact they, they can make a great board they can use adhesives and, and clear coats that we can't use here in america yeah it's tough for them to get that hard rock maple which is far superior to any other type of maple that that you might be getting you just need those that cold winter wood, but
1: how much does that cost you a sheet? Just out of curiosity, oh, one wow. four by eight sheet of maple, a dollar. A a dollar for a, a sheet.
0: A dollar. I don't know if I'm blowing everybody's spot on that, but we started paying four, so it was like a buck a square foot, and then we always were searching for new suppliers. Always, always, we went through like, I don't know, all of them. Until we found one at, at the right time, and they offered us twenty-five cents a square foot, and we stayed with them forever. Man. After that, and yeah,
1: hell yeah, I would. It's I mean, the decent ima- price, but you, you can, can get lower. Go to low. Home Depot and buy a little tiny one by two, 10 foot section of poplar, and that price has tripled in ten years. Wood it's is
0: nuts. Wood has just skyrocketed. Yeah, talk about inflation, man, and and I don't know. of everything that's built is made out of wood, something like that? I don't know. Don't quote me on that. The quality is
1: even worse, you know? Like, you used to go and get some poplar or maple or something at the Home Depot, and you'd have to look through three or four pieces to see what's straight. Now you're just picking, like, the least bent piece.
0: I wouldn't doubt if deforestation has something to do with that, you know, young growth. Yeah. Because you used to have your pick of, oh, what was it? I saved a photo on Facebook that just blew my mind. Let's see if I can pull that up. It's—I'll describe it for the listeners. But it's a picture of this deep stack factory or a mill, and it was just this one man stacking sticks of wood. I don't know how high—ten stories tall—and. That wood probably stayed there for five years, ten years. Who knows? I don't. But just seeing it really kind of puts it into perspective. But look at that. It looks like a oh, steampunk, man. I don't know, <laughs> city. It's like a s- skyscraper of stacked wood. And, I mean, that's how it used to be. You used to have your pick of the litter at, at that stuff. And I don't know if that's how it still is, but I can't imagine that. You know, there's as many as many packed forests as there used to be. And ultimately climate and here's you know, just so many factors, pests and all that play into the quality of the product and I think the responsibility of of giving back and, and investing in the future of wood. We can't even call it woodworking or skateboarding or you know, carpentry or anything, just the future of wood, which, yeah. trees, it's like, they're so important, obviously, to our existence. The responsibility of, you know, looking after the future of that lies on the people milling it, cutting it down, those giant, giant factories, those corporations that, you know, obviously make enough money, they should be planting trees. And <laughs> thats yeah, one it's,
1: not, it's not expensive to plant trees, either.
0: It's not. It's not. That's another great thing about... uh arbor i mean they make great decks but also like they plant trees it's made out of all well i don't know if all of it's hawaiian koa but they've been near it with that okay but they're planting trees all the time like they have a really healthy forest out there but i mean it takes years and years to get a tree big enough and then after it's cut down and milled you got years and years of curing of course you can kiln dry and stuff i don't know how they're doing that but they're really responsible about We've that and got i really the appreciate youngest it
1: one in here. <laughs> ziki back in the house buddy <laughs> hey bud We'll see, bud. Back in the house, pal. Ezekiel,
0: <laughs> huh? Yeah. Nice. Ezekiel?
1: Ezekiel, yeah. Nice. We named him after uh Ezekiel from Walking Dead. And his middle name's Lucius from uh Batman. Wow.
0: <laughs> yes. Lucius is might be the coolest character in Batman.
1: Yeah, no, the Morgan Freeman one for
0: yeah, sure.
1: Yeah.
0: Um so, yeah, deforestation, bad. Bamboo, good, though. Yeah. Bamboo is great for skateboards. Bamboo is great for a lot. Sure, yeah. I mean, you can veneer it out, it's really strong. Uh, but I mean, it grows in like a month, or I don't even know what the growth rate is on it, but it's super renewable and it's not even a wood. It's considered a grass, so that stuff just shoots up.
1: So is that where we're going with skateboards in the future, you no, think, bamboo?
0: No, I don't think so. But vert lamb certainly is a viable option, viable method for skateboards, especially downhill stuff, which, I mean, you can consider all bamboo, like veneers, sheets, vert lamb, you know, because it doesn't grow like a tree does. It's hollow on the inside, so you got to get little slats and glue them together and then, you know. Resaw it or however you do it to make a sheet to then put into a board but i mean that's never going away and it's super strong if if you find out that there's bamboo growing on your property you better make sure it's not under your house because <laughs> it'll just grow right up through anything
1: so the uh have, has anybody ever like pressed a board out of hemp or anything yeah, is that possible i
0: haven't seen anything specifically about like 100 percent hemp but i know that i know guys personally uh back east that f- has found a supplier for hemp fiber you can't call it fiberglass but like hemp sheets it's like it's like fiberglass it's a triaxial maybe it's a biaxial either way it's tough to find like a matted weave fiber uh, sorry hemp that you can just wet out and pregnant and use in in lieu of you know another composite but it exists and it's not as pervasive as it should be but whoever whoever out there is in the hemp industry like start selling mat and you know just sheets that are triaxial that are zero forty five forty five and you know hit me up cuz i can put you <laughs> in touch with a bunch of people that that want it and uh it's super viable bamboo and hemp boards yes please bioresins absolutely that's something that we've wanted to do and talked about for a long time my, one of my really good friends who has worked with us a lot Ryan Hopkins i don't know if he'd want me using his christian name but he's an engineer and he's on the up and up with all sorts of stuff like that and we've talked about it for a long time and he sends me stuff from time to time uh about new texts and you know material science and all that which we both kind of nerd out on but i know it exists i haven't looked too much on it because you know not we not just have, here we have a anybody. stark of material we have an inventory of what we need to use so ultimately in the future though i want to do fun little like collab projects on small batch small batches of boards that use stuff like that
1: yeah kind of test it out try to find out what's the best yeah
0: right and ultimately just eco-friendly not for like i don't know it's it's just Better, it's better. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, no, like you're saying, bamboo grows like crazy. Yeah, and hemp, hemp grows, grows like, like crazy.
0: crazy. You use it, right? But, like make uh, it more pervasive in in every industry. Because ultimately, the only reason we're not using it for everything is because the other industries are already established. And I think you know it wouldn't be the worst thing if they weren't.
1: Maple takes a long time to grow, and it you need <laughs> you need the right
0: climate for it to be the right thing. And you know, there's such a thing as well you just so many species of wood and they have their purposes and stuff they're good for and stuff they're not so good for and uh you know some things like bamboo and hemp and stuff like that they it's good for so many things and it's it's almost better than the alternative and it's cheaper more renewable it's easier to work you know a lot of benefits
1: both like practically weeds Yeah, grow anywhere.
0: Yeah, let them grow. Use them. I mean, put them to work. Right? Like,
1: what kind of trucks and wheels and everything do you guys use? The same stuff every time, every board? Or
0: we never really kept a big inventory of the hardware and the and the wheels. Um, always, 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 we'll put Zealous bearings in our boards. There, it's another Utah company, a friend of ours. Okay, um, out of Provo that uh just came out with a really nice built-in style bearing which I don't know why you'd mess with anything but built-in if you're if you're trying to go fast if you're trying to roll smooth it's just you know has an internal spacer so you're not okay. putting any side load on your bearing but uh yeah always zealous bearings shoot hogs are great wheels venom are great Palperalta Peralta great we try to stay kind of in that zone but there's like sucrose and other brands that have great wheels and a lot of the times it comes down to looks for those first-time buyers they want a blue wheel is how they describe it you know <laughs> so you give them a blue wheel and you know it's i'm not again I'm, I'm not saying anything bad about china they make great stuff and we've definitely put china components chinese components on our boards yeah because it's that price point you know some people just want it cheap and and blue and that's what you give them <laughs> um But uh, as much as we can, we try to go for, like, the higher price point, like, nicer components, even for somebody that's not going to be going above 25 miles an hour, which is, I think, great, because ultimately it's going to last longer and it's going to be more fly, you know. Yeah. (laughs) It's more flossy. But uh, on trucks, man, just the gamuts, uh, anywhere from cast to precision to, like, forged, uh, what do they call it? Not semi precision, but it's basically like you'll cast it you'll cast a part, cast the hanger, and then you'll machine down parts of it, pivot cup. Oh, instead and where of running that sits. bolt
1: through. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Okay. You just set it in. Or will they have through through axles a lot of the time with those? Because, you know you have a mold and you're gonna put your axles in that mold and then you pour around it. And
1: yeah.
0: I mean you can heat up that axle if you want, but there's cooling rate different cooling rates so when you pour that molten aluminum in there or molten steel whatever it is you're using um yeah it's gonna warp that axle and you can only counteract that so much um so precision you know billet just machining out the whole thing is is what a lot of serious downhillers opt for because you know Speed is fine, but accuracy is final. Okay. Wyatt Earp said that, but I'm sure it applies to a lot of different industries. But when you're putting your life on the line, you really want that accurate, precise product that's going to do what you want it to do.
1: So what about this Skate? What is it? 801 Skate Day? Skate01. Skate01. Yeah, SK801. And when is this?
0: June 20... Fourth, is it let me check on that it's go skate day it's international go skate day and um lots of people lots of people uh get together for that every year all over but uh in utah he just has such a big following i mean that a lot of the shredders in utah well how do i put this he just has a lot of really good skateboarders in his circle of friends and that just, I guess, keeps growing. I mean, they're incredible skaters and uh, he puts out content and it gets consumed and it gets seen. And so he's just able to coordinate
1: events and
0: have people show up to him. And we've done, you know, little hill bombs and after events with him. I mean, it's mostly him and, and he's the guy that brings the heat, but like, you know, we'll, we'll do what we can here and there to bring swag and, and prizes for his, his little, um, jams if you will.
1: Okay. Are there awesome. any other big festivals that happen around here that like we used to have the block jam um back where we were from. Not anything big
0: no. that I can think of. It's it's like a lot of small gatherings of like I mentioned before those those squads or those crews of dudes that, you know, they just go and skate on the weekends or as, as often as they can. It's like a group of 5 10 15 dudes june 21st is Ghostgate day um i should know that uh sorry <laughs> june 21st never forget um yeah so not a lot of huge events i mean there was there have been some throughout the years that would get a good following like maybe maybe 50 people in okay. a good year um but a buddy of mine organizes skate events all the time like just random weekends here and there a lot of them are like just going through the city going down parking garages definitely not sanctioned events yeah <laughs> and he just makes them really fun and there is always like a different theme he's always got a halloween event or like a christmas event like rain or shine snow weather it doesn't matter he's always out there boarding he's like a diehard and he's he's rad He's always you know, getting the dudes together and making sure everyone's having a fun time and Safe as much as possible, but he's he gets rowdy. It's fun, but that's kind of the thing. If you're having a big event, it's got to be sanctioned. You got to have like sponsors. You got to have the city on board, and, and uh. there's a lot. But I mean, there are a lot of. I mean, you could call it an outlaw that have happened, not recently too much, but uh, there are events that are coordinated. Uh, you know, in Colorado, back east there are a lot that come to mind. I don't want to list them all off right now, but, uh, I mean, they happen and they're semi big for the industry. Like, I don't even want to call it the industry, the community, but, uh, they've kind of fizzled out for the most part in the past couple of years. COVID didn't help, but I mean, it's kind of already (laughs) taken a hit before that, just for many different reasons. That's a whole other thing. uh, They happen, you know, 50, 100 people. Some of them are big, big, but it's not on our turf, really. I always had the dream of coordinating a skateboard event, like, I don't know, in Sundance or something like that. Yeah. But just the legwork that you'd have to go through. I don't know if you could be running a skateboard company, doing the building, all of the building with your two brothers all while trying to coordinate events and stuff, it's just so much. And then on top of that, marketing and it's yeah. just a lot of work. Just doing the build at all, so I don't know that I will ever get to do that. But definitely, much respect for the dudes out there that do. It's a lot of work.
1: I've always wanted to go to Burnside for mm-hmm. the Halloween jam they do over there, dude.
0: It's always looks like a good time.
1: <laughs> I was in Portland for a couple weeks, man. I I did not make it to Burnside. I was that bummed me out so much. But uh, I want to go perk. to the Skatopia one day. I don't even know if that's still a thing. Skatopia? Yeah, it was a pro pro skater. I think he's he's out in the middle of nowhere. You should look it up on YouTube. They just got... It's this pro skater took all his money and he bought this ranch out in the middle of nowhere. Huh, and that, he, they just started building ramps, man. They, is that Bernquist? Know? No, Not no, Bernquist. no, 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 no. This was like a dude from the early 90s.
0: Let me see if oh, I can pull yeah, that Yeah, we got to get some info on him.
1: But man, he's—it's just like a constant party out there with just you know skate kids from all <laughs> over. They just come out there, and it's like a nonstop skate festival. Let Jeez, man. Skate I'm just
0: glad it's still alive. That's the cool thing. Skateboarding is just so resilient. I mean, I talk about how like the events aren't as you know widespread as they used to be, but i'm not i'm not that guy i i'm not in the know for that you know i'm not necessarily going to those events so they could all very well be happening and i'm just not there i'm not aware of you know and that's the thing it's like it's kind of an underground it's kind of an underground
1: uh
0: what's the word it's like
1: knowing where the pool was when you were a kid there's only a certain amount of kids yeah who knew where that pool was it's a it's a network it's an underground network the, uh, what was the coolest place you've ever skated? Shoot. Coolest? Rutland, Ohio. That's where Rutland, it Ohio. Yeah, it was pro skater Bruce Martin. Huh. It's a, uh, yeah, it's just at festivals. You, everybody can look it up. Skatopia's <laughs> pretty wild. Coolest place I've ever skated?
0: I mean, I saw Burnside. I rolled around there. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a builder first and a skater like fifth, really. Like, I don't skate a lot. I'm not really very capable up and down ramps or on rails or anything like that. Mary Hill was cool. Um, I really, really like parking garages. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I haven't been to too many like historic skate spots. Yeah. I know a lot of people that have. But, uh, yeah, I feel kind of lame answering that question.
1: <laughs> no.
0: uh, coolest place I've ever skated. My backyard. My front yard. There you go. Yard, That's you know? a perfect
1: answer there. Just as like, long as you got a little mini ramp or something back there and all the kids are hanging out.
0: Definitely. I yeah, just putting around, not trying, not, not having to impress anybody. No eyes on me. That's kind of my favorite, you know, just rolling.
1: When we were teenagers, there was a house to home that was abandoned. It's like a big Walmart building. Huh. And in the main floor space, it was all just empty. But in the back, they had like the offices. And there was this big two, two-story balcony. And then there was a hand railing. All the kids ripped the hand railing down. Uh, so there was the wall that went down. They built this huge bank on the edge of the wall, uh-huh. so you could drop in there. And then they they found these shelving units. I I didn't help build this thing, man. But it was it was the coolest coolest place i've ever seen it was diy skate spots man yeah some of the coolest looking ones and it i mean shoot we had that thing for like six months and then some kid lit the whole wall on fire man they (sighs) came and bolted it all up takes all kinds
0: the costco went out of
1: business afterwards and that one lasted like two weeks before they shut that down what was the kid's name I don't know. You man. see what you've done, Donnie? Yeah, I don't think the <laughs> kid had to leave town or something.
0: You know? <laughs> yeah, ran him out of town.
1: Yeah, no, that's how it was though. I mean, we had a couple pools and they'd stay open for a couple weeks. You know, a couple weeks, and then they was they'd come and bulldoze all the concrete into it.
0: That's how it goes, you know. Shoot.
1: So all the kids listening, you gotta enjoy those spots while you got them.
0: Yeah, and you know, keep it keep it quiet.
1: Yeah. Don't light uh, don't shut. light stuff on fire if you want to keep it. Yeah,
0: that too, obviously. I mean, don't don't light flammable stuff on fire. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, there's a lot of cool spots, though. You know, it was, it was fun being a kid and going and finding those spots.
0: I've got a friend who used to be a police officer, but before he was a police officer, he was, like, along the ranks of Tony Hawk and those guys, Rodney Mullen back then. Well, oh, yeah? Tony Hawk doing vert and... And all that, but he was a pool skater and he skated like the bread bowl and and a lot of those California spots like that, you know, were pretty legendary Mm -hmm. for their time. And, uh, yeah, he had a head injury and I think that was ultimately what led to him like not really becoming a pro skater, but he was, he was right there and he skated all those spots. He was there for that time. You know, even right before the '90s too, and and it's interesting hearing all the stories and like how that culture really was back then. Like everybody wants to kind of glamorize it and think that you know all these skaters were, you know, such. I mean, they're amazing athletes, but some of them were not nice guys. And <laughs> no. It, was, it was, pretty was a little cut-throat. more cutthroat back exactly, then. Yeah, you know, cutthroat and uh,
1: well, I think that's what's cool competitive. about competitive the generations today is that the youtube like you don't even have to be the best anymore you know what i'm saying like you gotta be yourself yeah your best self yeah you can't you can't bullshit everyone no because the you know before it's like how many guys like chad muska was making some money you know there were there were a couple guys that were making actual money the other guys like they were going along for the ride right I mean, there weren't there wasn't enough money for everybody to retire off of.
0: But no, you know. I mean Tony Hawk,
1: and that was like Ronnie mainly Mullen. his video game Absolutely. where he made his money. Yeah, you got yeah. a
0: million dollar check one day. Yeah, and then there was just a lot more after that, and they're still making games.
1: Yeah, he's making skate. I it mean, wild. that dude, Pal Peralta too. I mean, the guys from the seventies, Jay Adams and mm-hmm. Tony Alva, and stuff mm-hmm. like Pal Peralta was the only Stacey one that made Peralta? it. Yeah, yeah, Stacy Peralta. Yeah that uh
0: man there's just been so many that have gone recently too yeah and it's like they're young you know head injuries are no joke you smack your head a ton your life expectancy goes down significantly like every time i don't know a lot of respect for people that put their life and their body on the line for their own amusement and to to push a sport or like you know, whatever a concept further, but ultimately like, you know, I think I forget what it's called, but head injuries can CTE. C yeah. CTE boxers, football players, skateboarders, like right. Extreme sports. Like yeah. it's very, you know, it's a double-edged sword and I think there should be more responsibility there across the board and more, you know, what is it? Just acceptance or like, yeah, responsibility pushing for more safety there. Cause safety first safety second that's what i always say like it, you think it's only affecting yourself but then science tells you you know 30 years later that your whole family and whoever else is suffering from it too and it's all just kept a secret and swept under the rug and it's not okay Yeah. you know if you know that somebody out there is abusing verbally or physically or in any way anybody around them doesn't matter if they have a head injury or some mental illness or whatever it's not okay you know you gotta you gotta talk about it and you gotta get them help because they're not the only victim you know and it's sad it gets really sad and skateboarding is a part of that as well just as much as any other sport that causes head injuries like it's just such a yeah
1: you hit hard man i've hit my head hard Dude, and I've that's seen on so concrete. Many
0: videos. That's on concrete that just make me hurt. The pucker yeah. factor, pucker factor 9000 and it's just I mean you can scroll through fail videos and see a thousand of them and that's a thousand dudes that, you know, crack their melon on the concrete as hard as you can. Like that's not just, you know, get up and skate again.
1: Like Well, a lot of the ones too. I mean, it it doesn't even have to be a huge fail. Like No. The, no. the worst time I ever hurt my head I was skating back from the liquor store and I was just doing a manual and the thing slipped out from underneath me and I fell back and just full-on slammed my head into the ground, you know, and like...
0: (laughs) Putting, yeah. Yeah. I knew a guy that died. He was going maybe 15 miles an hour. He's not a longboard or anything. He just kind of cruises from time to time. He uh, worked at... I it was like the... There was like a little snack bar above where i worked in Trolley square and he worked there and he'd give me my hot dogs every day and we'd chat and found out one day when he wasn't there that he was in the hospital i was like oh yeah why he was longboarding down by the u not at the u but by the u and he was going like 10 15 miles an hour just cruising down 13th and he fell off and hit his head was in a coma for like two weeks woke up kissed his mom and died and yeah. it was such a tragic story. Like it doesn't matter how fast you're going, you know. I I like to say like if you're going any faster than you can kind of like jog or push even on your board, then you should be wearing safety gear. But you know, I don't follow that rule, so kind of guess it makes me a hypocrite. I've never had an instance like that. Yeah, I've been on that's the so board hard many years, but
1: riding with all that crap on though, too. It know? is. Like. I mean, that's a, it's it's
0: a tough topic as well. I mean, it's kind of like try to be safe if you can you know but like also have fun yeah but i think safety is the first rule and fun second but that's yeah. just me i'm kind of a square in that way and i've I, you know i haven't had any serious head injuries knock on when well, you got any wood in here i can knock. no on?
1: it's all all portable <laughs> plastic in here <laughs> you know
0: and and i do woodwork you know working with heavy machinery and stuff and i luckily made all my i wouldn't call them serious but all my main mistakes that you make with woodworking before the age of like seven so i kind of learned my lessons early but you know it's never too late i guess but I mean, i've just been really close to stuff like that in the family and in with friends and it's it's tragic that it happens at all and i don't know there's really no putting an end to it it's just something It's part of life it's a part of skating it's a part that's of part of the thrill it too, is, you
1: know, it's part of the thrill. But You want to sure. keep doing it, you know, yeah. so
0: like just keeping your wits about you and just, you know, you can do stupid shit, but like, I'm too I just, stupid.
1: I don't think football or boxing or any of this stuff's going to stop, you know? No. I mean, they'll hopefully figure some stuff out. A new type it, but... of treatment or therapy yeah. maybe
0: that really helps, but I think. Neuralink, I
1: think... that's the answer. Yeah, right there. <laughs> I've been hearing about it. I've been hearing
0: about it and just all sorts of also like, what are they? neuro Neuropharmaceuticals. Is that what they call it? Joe Rogan talks about them all the time. Yeah. He's got stuff this like
1: brain alpha, alpha stuff, brain, yeah. alpha brain, yeah. all sorts,
0: all sorts out there. And that maybe there's something like to it.
1: Hocus pocus to me. Yeah. To me as well.
0: I think, but I think that there is some validity to it and there's some, you know, scientific backing that could be, you know, in the near future, like yeah. push forward a bit. But, uh, I forgot where I was going with that, but, yeah, just, you know, what can I do about it? It's just, for me, I choose to kind of lay low. I don't go hard when I'm skating.
1: Yeah.
0: Like, I got broke off when I was 14, couldn't walk right for a month and a half, two months, and I stopped skating for a long time until I hopped back on a board, and it was just cruising. I haven't really tried to blast down anything or shred much at all well
1: that's what gets me like i told you when i took my oldest son out to the skate park Mm -hmm. you know it's just like it gets to be a problem because i get so addicted to it so quickly yeah and i'm i'm i mean i i'm gonna get hurt at this age you know what i'm saying like i haven't taken care (laughs) of my body (laughs) i'm not in very good shape uh one down i got two jobs man (laughs) if i can't go to work what do we do
0: yeah, man, it's like it's a catch twenty two right yeah. there. Yeah.
1: Ah, uh, I mean I wish I wish I could be out there every day, but like I said, I go down the right way once. What do I do for work?
0: Same with I was fourteen and I went down the right way. Yeah. And I mean I might even have irreversible damage that I'm still dealing with today. Like I have this weird hip click that okay. happens and it's on that hip. I don't know if it was that or what, but like I'm not trying to have any more of that, you know, oh, it's already sure. uncomfortable, but I see guys, my age and even older that like my friend, I mentioned that organizes those events. Like he's all right. He got, he got dragged by a UTA train. Oh, he got, oh, I could go on and on on in his injuries. I think he got his toe cut off. Then I hat like set almost severed. He's. Just, uh, I don't, it's too gruesome. He's got so many that I'm just like, oh, like once a year. It's like, <laughs> man, he, he's fine. He's good. He's, that's him.
1: You got to have it's the not insurance me, to be good though. You know yeah, what I'm saying? I, yeah. don't, I don't have any insurance, so I'm kind of out of luck. I mean, I just
0: don't like dealing with injuries. I don't mind like a little pain here and there, bleeding, getting cut, getting a bruise, getting a scrape, but like, whacking my noggin you know or breaking a bone like i just want to avoid that you know yeah it's an inconvenience for sure but i love the thrill of skating and i love the thrill of building i love you know kind of doing sketchier stuff here and there but i don't know i don't know that's just kind of (laughs) uh different topic i
1: suppose yeah yeah no well we done Oh shoot, I thought we did like an hour and forty five. It's only been an hour and fifteen. Wow. So you Time got these events or anything planned for right now or uh, uh, how did COVID do with you guys? We
0: We uh, got man, rid of the I shop
1: the last guest too. I always mean to Oh the heater. <laughs> push that over <laughs> to you guys.
0: <laughs> we uh We moved out of the shop right before it was November. It was August, September, November, where all that was going down of 2019. And that's when we started working at the mill. And at the mill, just wearing a mask is about the only thing mm-hmm. that's changed. I'm good. Um, just wearing a mask is about it. Work didn't really decrease much. I mean few of the people here and there were out for a couple weeks but i mean we worked right through it and we stayed safe and you know did followed as many of the recommendations as possible i mean you're working in a mill you're
1: yeah you guys are already wearing wearing masks though
0: right well you know how you got all that sawdust some of the older guys are just Uh, like
1: yeah if it hasn't killed me yet you know yeah but that's what they i was a pipe layer and we used to have to tie into asbestos pipe all the time and my uh my boss was a baby boomer and i'd be down there cutting asbestos pipe you know and he'd always tell me you're gonna have to eat a pound of that shit before it does anything i guess i'm gonna keep my job
0: mr mesothelioma (laughs) over here um yeah i mean we worked right through it did you know what's weird to me is COVID hits then every school is renovating and they got it all done too like oh yeah most of the i mean not not all of them but a lot of the schools that were already open were pretty much wrapped up by the time school was back in session it was well timed i suppose and so many cabinets for schools man let me tell you like I couldn't even put a number on it, just tons. And so, like, we just were cranking as many as we could. During the whole time, I guess you'd call that essential. We're part of infrastructure, so we worked right through it. We didn't get any time off. You know, we didn't get any hazard pay. We didn't get any of that. But, I mean, I'm not going to – I don't feel one way about it. It's just. I'm happy. I worked through it all. Same, exactly. Yeah. That's what I was just gonna say. Like I had a job, and a lot of people didn't, and I'm very grateful for that. And for me, I mean, it's been normal through through work. But I go out in public, and that's when it kind of gets weird, you know. If 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 I go out at all, a lot yeah. of delivered groceries, a lot of food delivered, not a whole lot of going out, you know, not no, I don't know, not a lot, some, but I mean you just wear a mask from the door to your table and you're good it's not that uh-huh. big of a deal but i don't know i don't know it's been kind of strange but i've came through relatively unscathed i haven't gotten any stimulus money at all no not. not even the first one huh? dime no so i've just been doing what i can definitely could use it you know i a lot of
1: I wonder, is that because you were self-employed at the start? I think it has something to do yeah. with that. Yeah. taxes and all Did you that. guys apply for the... I know they were doing the loans.
0: We... So we... Nah. Yeah, we were not in production during all of that. We were uh, already we were already, like, I don't know how to put it. We were already just, like, over and out for a minute until we could figure out another situation. Because, yeah, like I mentioned, we just lost our shop. And, uh we're just trying to work out of our garages as much as possible right now, but we're not trying to take orders. Although, you know, people are trying to get us to build them boards, but we can't really make any guarantees right now. I I don't have a CNC. Mm. I mean, there's some at work, but I'm not trying to, you know, not trying to figure that out right now. It's already, I mean, it's been a year that I've not been self-employed and it's kind of nice when you can leave work and, forget about it not even you know those problems aren't your problems you just show it's nice up and for fix a it. little while and then yeah
1: and then working for somebody else gets back to you again <laughs> yeah i mean the,
0: <laughs> the guys at the mill man some have been working there 30 years and they'll be there forever and i think that's awesome for me i just i see a project and i want to do it you know that's uh. why facebook and instagram is kind of like a time suck for me because there are just so many time-lapse videos of people building cool shit and i'm like i want to make something like that or make something similar and ultimately i just save them and i haven't done anything with them yet because i don't have a whole lot of free time but ultimately i'd love to do that work on the side more than just skateboards i just love working with wood it's yeah. like it's a certain quality to it that i love and i can't really pinpoint it's just you know it's alive it's it's got character and it's it's just something else, it's special and and uh yeah, it's more than a hobby. I have like, never like gotten
1: wood to work in. I had a landscape company. Um when I was doing like the recession, I was working for any any contractor that would hire me and then, you know, we were doing some tree work and digging septic tanks and stuff. I was trying to throw up patio covers and gazebos and stuff and that's where i was trying to get into but then the lawn care it was just like steady work you know what i'm saying so Mm -hmm. i went that route but i mean i've made magic the gathering boxes and shelves and tried going into cabinet custom cabinets Mm -hmm. myself i just i can never get it to work you know it's just one guy out of your garage it it's hard to compete a lot of work and it's uh, hard. To exact yeah it's tough to penetrate too
0: i don't know i wish i had more experience with that skateboarding just kind of worked out for us the way the way we went about it or the way that it just all happened i don't know we didn't really try to do it it, it kind of just happened and we went for it and you know here we are and we've definitely done a lot of decks and created a lot of cool stuff and made a lot of people smile and i'm happy about all that couldn't ask for more than that really it's just uh we tend as a family kind of one of our traits is we just obsessive over, over like the details about stuff like when we get into a project we get passionate about it's like it's got to be a certain way you know and and
1: it's got to be hard with three of you. yeah yeah man you know, <laughs> they say I don't work with
0: family and you know that could be a whole other episode um but I love them and it's great because you know how to work together and you know how not work to work together. And ultimately you're going to butt heads and you're going to find even more ways that both of those are true, but um, we're still in contact and we're still working at it and still alive, still, you know, as happy as we can be. And again, I couldn't ask for more than that. And I don't know, we all just kind of have the same, same passions and it's tough when they over, it's tough when they overlap in some ways and it's good when for the same reasons, but I don't know. It's good and it's and it's tough, but it's worth it and I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't give it up. I would do a lot of stuff differently though, that's for sure. Oh yeah. But you know, it's neither here nor there. It's it's just about really living out the rest of your life, you know, the way you want to. So you look back and you can see you did it, you know, you did it the way you wanted to, or you, you were able to show up and achieve. I don't know. Like I might be rambling on that. It's like, I'm not, I'm only 34. I'm not, I'm not so wise, but I, I do dream of a lot of accomplishing a lot of things and yeah, I'm not getting any younger and
1: <laughs> no that sort of kicks and in i like wood <laughs> and i think wood likes me yeah uh, that uh, not getting any younger kicks in quick yeah yeah it does
0: <laughs> especially last year man i feel like i feel older after last year yeah most years aren't that way i don't know why that is exactly but i definitely feel like hopeful and really passionate about the future because you know world's my oyster you know really is and like I'm just going to get after it, you know, I just want to get it all done. I have I have the fire in my loins. <laughs>
1: well, good luck, man. Thanks. I realized I was old when I uh I realized I was as old as my wife's mother was when I met her. Oh, wow. When you <laughs> yeah. met her, right? When I met her. Okay. Okay. So it's yeah. I don't know.
0: What's the equation there? Sheesh. Yeah, I mean, I think it was just the other year I passed up how old my dad was when he had me, and that was a moment when I thought about that, like, dang. He already had, I was his third kid, and, you know, he had all this stuff under his <laughs> belt and had done all these things, and he's a Marine and, you know, flying commercial aircraft and, like, so many different accomplishments that I think are just amazing that I to up to him for. And, you know...
1: I think that the, the
0: this generation's not the same.
1: Yeah, no, it's not the same. Mm-mm. It's not uh there was, When I was when I was a kid, I wanted to be a uh I wanted to be a manager at a grocery store. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I had a yeah. neighbor and an uncle that that's how they lived. Family I mean, it, business. They were the only ones that worked. Mm-hmm. They managed the produce department, they had houses, two cars. The whole shooting match. Try yeah. to do that now. Yeah. <laughs> Try to do that now. Right, right. It doesn't happen. Oh, especially,
0: you know, post COVID world too. Managing oh, yeah. a grocery store sounds like a nightmare. Yeah. How do you feel about that dream now though?
1: Oh man, I saw that. I when I was seventeen, vons went on strike and that was pretty much the end of that. You know, like yeah. Stater Brothers was around for a little bit albertson's i think they're completely out of business now right fresh
0: market now yeah i mean maybe there's a couple but
1: they're not i mean you used to just to be like cashiers were making 22 dollars an hour back in like you know the late 90s like and then good luck doing that nowadays you make that if you're the manager of walmart you know yeah dang it's and it's full-time different work time yeah you know, overtime like what grocery store gives you overtime nowadays <laughs> it's uh, a totally different world man now it's like you need to have two jobs
0: now i'm getting delivery from grocery stores you know yeah like that's kind of the sweetest thing except for you know some you don't always get the items you ask for but you just kind of It's whatever, you know.
1: Oh, there's a lot more items to choose from, too.
0: That's true. Stuff you don't normally see that you're kind of like, oh, I'll try that out. But the thing is, you got to allow substitutions, and I've learned that. you got to allow them to substitute out because if you say no substitutions, they don't have your, you know, organic celery, then you just don't get celery. (laughs) Yeah. Which is, it's no fun. I have have never ordered groceries online. You You ought to give it a shot. Get the Smiths app. Just order what you normally get. Yeah. All those substitutions, they'll text you like, oh, we got this, but we don't got that. And you're like, oh, that's fine. And they just drop it off two hours later on your doorstep. You don't got to do anything. You just bring them inside, and you saved yourself a whole trip to the grocery store. I mean, I I like shopping. It's not that I don't like shopping at the grocery store. It's just, anymore, it's tough to find time, you know?
1: Yeah, no, the time thing is the... I, I'm not worried about the COVID. I mean, I'm at the damn no. grocery stores yeah. all day, every day anyway. Yeah.
0: I mean, yeah, it's not about that. It's just so convenient, you know, with those two hours, you can, I don't know, you can just sit and watch TV if you want, or you can work on a project or you can spend time with your family. And then yeah. the grocers just show up and you put them away and you get to cooking. Like, and like I said, I like grocery shopping. I love cooking. I love food in general. Uh it just makes it all that much easier and just yeah. really fun.
1: Even cooking's getting kinda Get an kinda, instant pot, get an air fryer, just, yeah. Yeah, it's just too too much work now. You know, you got too much stuff going on, especially with like these podcasts. This is I've done a podcast every day this week.
0: Oh dang And really? it's
1: just like I I rush home after work, I do the podcast. And then I you know finish some work around here, uh-huh, and then try to do all the like advertising and it's, Facebook stuff, and it's
0: more than a full- time job doing marketing alone. I swear oh yeah, time. it's such a big deal
1: no, and yeah it's it's uh it does take some time for anybody that doesn't think it does. there like, you
0: go, man, delivery groceries,
1: yeah,'ll
0: save you some of that time um I don't know there's just so many different changes that have happened that I think some are good and some are less desirable, but uh. we'll see how it all plays out. I think, I think people that have a craft that do things with their hands that, you know, create, create stuff ought to always have a place in society. And it just gives life to culture gives legitimacy to culture if it's all just digital you know reels and tiktoks and all this and that like where's the substance really you know you got to have people out there that are making things that are yeah. trying things that are dangerous or subversive or you know thought of as crazy that's just all what's always driven culture and society and and yeah, it definitely needs to continue cuz more and more the masses are just like <laughs> can't be bothered to at all. I don't want to malign myself with with anybody in particular, just, you know, try something out. If you think something's fun or it looks cool, give it a shot, you know. What's holding you back? Like just do it. People say all the time like, "Oh, I wish I could draw or I wish I was an artist." It's like you it's are paper right there. You, you are. Know? Yeah. Don't even give me any excuses. Just yeah, do it. Penciled Everything takes time. Yeah, I mean if you want to do something just do it, you know. It's more rewarding just to try something than it is to like ultimately finish the project, you know what I mean? Like
1: Yeah, for sure. If you really
0: enjoyed it, you
1: I mean I got you here in a an easy up tent in my garage. Yeah. <laughs> with some paint tarps around it. For everyone <laughs> listening a bunch of Flags all over the place. But, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I've heard a ton of people tell me they wish they started a podcast. Really? It's free. Why why don't they? Yeah. Go for it. I mean,
0: that's the goal for this year, actually. I was talking about it before we even started talking uh, that I, in 21, wanted to really give it a go. Yeah. And I've got several ideas that I think would be really fun and... I've got some friends too that have the same idea and just, you know, it'd be, I think it's, I think it'd be really fun. And this is the first time I've ever been on a podcast and, you know, it starts off like for me, it started off like, I don't know. I've never met you before this (laughs) and you're easy to talk to. We've just been jamming back and forth and it's just, it's fun. It's fun to share ideas and get feedback and ultimately, you know, I'm going to have to deal with that whole like, Listening to my own voice whenever you I don't put do this that part. Up. You don't listen just, to it. Nah, no, I just put it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I
1: don't like listening to my own voice. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, once it gets big enough, or if it ever gets big enough, I'll hire an editor, and then they can do that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I'm not doing it.
0: Oh, yeah. That's like a whole other aspect to it, huh? Editing and marketing. Sheesh.
1: Oh man, if you get it's into like the editing, it's uh, there's a whole another thing, in and itself. getting
0: sponsors and all that is that something you're going to do eventually?
1: I don't know, man. We're just sort of running with it right now. Yeah. We'll see where it goes. Eventually, I mean, I'm uh, building this mess here I got going on. A yurt. Um, yeah, it was originally going to be called the Tent, but a political podcast came a couple months before I started it. And ah. Took my name. They actually had their second goes, uh, their second episode on my birthday. Really? Yeah, it's a nice little birthday present huh. in advance. It's funny how it works out like that. But, uh, yeah, no, I, uh, I'm i going to try to take this thing all over the place. Just get a power inverter. Mobile. And then go to, like, festivals or wherever and just do podcasts right there when I'm camping. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I, I don't think there's anyone else who's done that yet. Not that I've heard of, certainly. And then other than that, it's just sort of a local... Like, Utah-based podcast. That was, that was one of the ideas I even
0: had. Not Nothing conflicting, just there's so much that goes on in Utah. And yeah. you're on, like, the more, like, you know, individual, like, person, uh, occupational, kind of, like, craft perspective. But, like, I was kind of on the whole, like paranormal idea because there's so much paranormal stuff that goes I've on i've had in two New paranormal podcasts. i saw on, on the list and i i i listened to some episodes and yeah they're like i don't know that's kind of a whole entire different topic but there's so much that goes on on utah yeah
1: uh, skinwalker Ranch. Uh, yeah totally yeah.
0: that's like number one but like i don't know i don't know all about it but that's kind of the interest there i'm interested in it and I'd want to know more. And there are so many people out there that do know and that are like making their lives about it. And I just think that would be really yeah, interesting to learn, for right? people to learn about. Cause
1: do you listen to a lot of podcasts?
0: Uh, fair amount. Yeah, yeah. Not, not a ton. I mean, I'll give some a shot and kind of settle with the ones that I really like. And I've got a couple that are my favorites that I've like listened to all the way through twice that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think everybody has their own type of, uh, like, social media. I'm not on Facebook a lot for, like, personal reasons. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But, uh, like, my social media would be podcasts. Like, I totally. watch a lot of YouTube because I listen to a lot of podcasts. I listen to podcasts on Spotify, audiobooks. And that's just because I'm always working. And And all of my jobs, I can just sit and listen to podcasts the whole time. You know, so that's sure, like, yeah, that's like what I do on the internet where a lot of people, you know, some people it's Instagram, some people it's TikTok, some people it's
0: whatever. And they're trying to do all that while they're driving. And we know how all that turns out, <laughs> yeah. but you can listen to podcasts while you're doing anything, mm-hmm. uh, you know,
1: and I'm not sitting there checking my Facebook status at a red or a green light for Jeez. 30 seconds while <laughs> the guy behind me's trying to go somewhere <laughs> that pisses me off to no end.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, I think it pisses a lot of people off, and ultimately it, you know, is a problem. It's a yeah. problem. If, you're, if you are holding up traffic, checking your phone, <laughs> stop it. Yeah. Like, don't ever do it again. Just put your phone down, you're commuting, so is everybody else. The most dangerous place a human can be is not the Amazon, it's on a street driving a car. So, like, let's just get there safely.
1: I mean, you guys talk about the anger people will feel towards you when they're sitting behind you for 30 seconds while you're checking your phone well it's it's like like, why do
0: you get to decide how and you know when i get to where i'm going why why are you in charge of that
1: that i had to miss this green arrow because you were oh that drives me nuts.
0: It's well, it's not okay, actually. Like I, I always say, if I was a police officer, that's who I'd go after: is reckless drivers, distracted drivers. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, I'm not even worried about any other stuff. I just see it so often, and it's obviously such a problem, such an obstruction. Left lane loafers, people like not using turn lanes, not using blinker. Like the list goes on and on and on. Like, why can't you just? Why aren't you good at it yet? You know, how long yeah. have you been driving? Twenty years. Why aren't you good yet? You know, yeah. give me 20 years to do something and you know.
1: <laughs> well, that's the thing like anybody ever j- like jams on their brakes and then I'm like jamming on my brakes extra hard and then trying to like scoot out <laughs> of the way for the guy behind me, make sure I'm not hitting somebody <laughs> in front and behind. But... It's
0: too much. It's too yeah. much. I that's it's cracking me up that I even like that we got to that in this podcast <laughs> like is I mean it is it's a thing. It's a part of regular life, and it is—it's dangerous thing, you know. Yeah. And I want to make it home safely, and I want everybody to make it home safely. But that's not how it plays out all the time, because people are, you know, not good at it. So I like was just...
1: looking at the sign on the 15, and they, it was somewhere around like 2,000 people, 2,000 fatalities on that damn yeah. freeway.
0: Yeah. yeah, I mean out of sight out of mind you know it's just a statistic right but then when somebody it happens to somebody in your family it, the whole thing changes right yeah but i don't know
1: well and it happens every damn day it seems on that road you're always in traffic it's crazy
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, there's just a lot of positive that goes on in the world though and i think as as a culture as a species we all really need to like put all that on a pedestal because you know media and whoever else isn't going to do it like that's not that's not what gets ratings anymore which is sad but what gets ratings is just ah. i digress that's a whole (laughs) other topic like there's just so much good stuff and so many people around that are really giving it a go and trying their best to like inspire people and i think that's amazing and i just want to surround myself with people just like that, that, that aren't scared to give it a shot, you know, yeah. and try a new thing and ultimately like bring more richness into the world and their own immediate circles. And that I think is really underrated. Like, it makes ripples. It, it causes a lot of good stuff to happen. And that's, that's what I want to be all about this year. That's kind of my goal this year is to network with more people and, Just work on more projects and hold myself accountable to, to, you know, others around me and then the things that I want to do because it's easy to, like, let stuff slip away. And last year, I think probably most people thought the year was going to go a lot differently and kind of just halfway through the year is like, you know what? Whatever. (laughs) Like,
1: (laughs) next year. It's not even getting any better, man. We got all that Trump stuff happening right now. It's so
0: crazy. But, like. He is banned from Twitter and At, Facebook. Yeah, my
1: sister told me that today, like, and I just, like, I couldn't believe it. Like, <sighs> that's a president of the United States. Yeah. He's banned he's from Ban hammer. <laughs> Like, what are they going to put in the history books? You know what I'm saying? Oh, man. He was banned from Twitter. It's it, it's hard to imagine that that's going to go in a history yeah, book.
0: Yeah, th- that Twitter will be talked about in a history book. Yeah. Ugh. <sighs> Yeah, this just turned into a political podcast. And yeah. I I Man, it.
1: there will probably be tweets from people in history books in 20 years. That is hard to imagine. <laughs> oh, boy. There
0: will be tweets. You're right. You're right. I never even thought about that. With the Twitter logo, like just the screen clip like you see. Yeah.
1: Oh, boy. Oh, boy. That's exciting. It's, that is crazy. I mean, <sighs> when Twitter first came out, you remember all the... Jokes, like people on YouTube would make jokes. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm taking a shit. I'm cooking pasta. I'm, you know. Or fake tweets, too, that happen that are just absolutely
0: hilarious, but.
1: Yeah, it's like, and now it's, that's going down in history for sure. For sure. That's crazy.
0: You got kids. So whenever they're like in high school, if you, they bring home a textbook and you're helping them with their history homework or something, you got to. Yeah, you gotta hook it up with that funny, funny chapter on uh, what's it like the black and gold dress or whatever it was when that's when that's a well it be a art question or some sort of science Earth I don't know I'm trying to figure out where that would even fit into they'll they'll cram it in somewhere though optical illusions I don't know.
1: Yeah, no, it'll be very interesting in, like, 20, 30 years to see what history books have in them, you know? It's, like, I I don't know, man. It already
0: kind of I mean, when I was in school, or even when my younger brother was in school and reading the history books then, like, they didn't even talk about the American Revolution. He didn't even know what it was.
1: Yeah.
0: I thought that was crazy. He was like, the what? We had an entire, like, term what do they call it semester What's is it semester is the long one right
1: yeah i don't know it's been so long yeah. so what do you <sighs> think gotta end it soon i've had like five beers i gotta take a piss but what do you think <laughs> about uh what do you think about being an elder millennial since Ooh. you're the same age as me do you yeah, think you're right fit there. in that millennial Line? Because, I mean, we didn't have cell phones in high school. No. You know what I'm saying? We saw
0: the 90s, a little bit of the 80s, all of the Y2K, early 2000s, all of that. We saw it all and understood, I think, most of it. And I get all the jokes. I I
1: hear the lingo. Watch Seinfeld every night with my parents. Yeah, dude. Simpsons.
0: (laughs) Simpsons. I still consume Simpsons. I, I mean... Even talking about that Trump stuff, dude, like Simpsons predicted everything and it's like a picture of Willie with that whole garb on. I don't, with the, you know, the coon skin and the, in the horns, I don't know if that's real, uh-huh. but my thought is like, couldn't that guy have just watched that episode and thought like, I'm going to dress up like Willie in that Simpsons episode.
1: Yeah, probably. That's like a
0: regular thing. How do I feel about it though? Like, uh... I don't know. I wish that I felt like some sort of endearing responsibility to, to guide or something, but I don't really. It's like, I it's think so far beyond me. I think 86
1: is like the start, isn't it? Isn't that the start of being a millennial? 86? I
0: don't know what it is. I mean, I, I, I hope so.
1: I'm pretty sure my wife looked it up. Cause cause I'm on the she cusp so of everything. Pissed. Millennial.
0: Yeah, there's just so much stuff that's happening all the time now and like to be able to kind of witness 81. it all 81 of it. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. There's just been so much stuff happening since, I mean, always really, there's always been a ton of stuff, but I don't know. I grew up First, some of the first news I saw was like Martha Stewart, Bill Clinton, OJ Simpson.
1: Oh man. And OJ for anyone that's listening. When I was a kid, and I'd get home from school, and I wanted to watch cartoons, that O.J. Simpson trial took over. I hated O.J. Simpson. (laughs) Yeah, I hated all of them, man. The the what was the little girl, the uh, Jean Benet. Jean Benet, man, that took over. Nancy Kerrigan, Tanya
0: Harding. Yeah, yeah. Back then, it was like the court hearings and everything were like all over every channel. It was wild, and now it's like you know.
1: You got a million channels. Yeah. You watch your phone. Yeah, everything's exactly.
0: Live feed. All the blips and the sound bites and everything are there. Uh. but anymore, it's just like I don't care. <laughs> like, how does it affect me? It doesn't. Cool. I'm gonna.
1: I definitely go didn't live care when life. I was a kid. You know what I'm saying? Same. Yeah. I mean,
0: that might have been the beginning of it then too. Like, why do all these adults care? And you go places and the adults are talking about it. And that's kind of the way it is now too. Like when people try to pass off memes as their own humor, where it's like the first three words of their sense. Like I've seen that meme already saw it. Don't pretend that that's your joke. It's yeah. funny, but I'm not going to laugh. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. I'm kind of, we well, might be on opposite ends of the spectrum there. Cause like,
1: I don't I, listen. I don't watch yeah, memes at all. <laughs> I, I,
0: I do the Instagram and the Facebook thing mainly to like, you know, see what my family and friends are up to, but also like, for projects and inspirational things because there's a lot out there that i otherwise wouldn't see and that's kind of fun to watch and think about but inevitably there are going to be you know jokes and memes and news blips and stuff and i my mind's kind of adapted to be able to like blast scroll yeah you know my mind can recognize little details like oh that's a fun video that's a fun video and ultimately i went through like seven thousand posts and picked out three that were good and you can't really filter your
1: can't really filter your feed uh, anymore. It's silly, but See that's I, I don't have a Twitter right now, but I was I never did. I'm thinking Twitter has to be the best social media for news. Cause like if you sure. if you only follow what you want to see, it's perfect. When you start following a whole bunch of people that's when it gets kind of crazy. But like
0: the others are sponsoring at you, you know, advertising at you and you can yeah. pay to get into somebody's feed now. It's like
1: Yeah, I don't know. It's think, it's
0: like a whole different thing, man. Yeah.
1: I I think like if you know if you were to follow like the Trampoline Park in Provo or something like, okay, cool. <laughs> I'll see whenever they're doing a sale or you know, like a restaurant that you like or something like the Vegan Bowl. Oh, they got a coupon. There you oh, go. Yeah, I'm yeah, going.
0: Totally. That's another great aspect, I man, about social media. But It's all marketing, really. And
1: yeah, no, it is for sure. It's a way 100%. to get people at your
0: business and I totally get that and I respect it. I don't know. Well, I don't know how it'll go.
1: Marketing has changed. I I I hate it, man. I used to just like I would have to come up with a you know, three sentence paragraph and put it in the paper and the penny saver and you were done, you know, here, $500 a month. There you go. I'm good. Mm -hmm. You know, but now it's like, I mean, you, you've got to like get it,
0: you know? Yeah. You got to run target ads and,
1: and you got to learn,
0: test them, run two side by side and. Just see which one's doing better and why. Change it a little bit, alter it. and, Oh, it's doing better. It's doing better, and it's like a gamble. Really, it's like the same thing as gambling almost. Because oh. you can get really good response and pay a hundred bucks to sponsor your post, and you get you know a thousand likes and fifty comments and you know five hundred shares, and that feels really good. And you're getting sales, and I mean that's great. What's what's bad about that? But you know.
1: It's a lot easier just putting in the paper and the penny yeah, saver. Yeah. And then you knew, you know, like, okay, I'm only running the I'm only running the local paper during the summer and I'll do the penny saver this time it's of the simpler. year for
0: this. It comes from a simpler time.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's only gonna get harder too.
0: Yeah, unfortunately. It's part of running a business too. I mean it's kind of a unfortunate aspect but i mean it can be fun and it can help you out a lot so i don't know you can go either way
1: yeah i I guess i haven't dealt a whole lot the funny thing when we were in florida i started a landscape company and i was watching all the videos trying to rank it to the top of google and everything i can get one call the whole year we were there as soon as we moved here I i mean i got two calls this week for landscaping in florida man from florida yeah yeah i still got my same 941 area code (laughs) but uh yeah this whole year as soon as we moved here like during the summer i was getting three to five calls a week what are you telling like i don't live in florida anymore (laughs)
0: well your own damn lawn yeah well there's this
1: uh (laughs) there's this lawn care company beautiful boundaries and i've like I've given them so much work. So I'm like, oh, you try beautiful That's boundaries. Great. That's
0: great. Nice. I think I'm going to
1: start charging them or something. You know what I'm saying? Commission, yeah. That's yeah. Yeah, a lot of calls a week. Nice
0: work if you can get it.
1: Yeah. Well, where can everybody check out your board company?
0: Oh, let's see. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Those are our main ones. You can call me on my cell, 801 870. Sixty nine hundred. Email me Justin at dranglongboards com. That's our original business name, Drang Longboards, plural. But uh, everything else is Drang Boards on Instagram it's okay. Drangboard Co. Drangboard Company. Uh, and you know, I don't. We haven't really been up and up on the uh, content for like the last year for for reasons. Uh, but, yeah, we have a lot of content up there. You can definitely see what we offer. And we have an Equid store up as kind of like a dummy site that shows you our offerings. But we haven't had a website for a little while either. But, uh, yeah, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Drang Boards. You can email me. You can call me, 801-870-6900. Texting, probably the best way. And if you really, really need something you can't find anywhere else, there's really nowhere else to go or your guys okay um so yeah
1: and definitely check out that euro video i mean that
0: yeah that one's such a good video yeah every time i look at it it's got like a thousand extra views and it's really fun to see like the they're flying man yeah and it's some of the most beautiful scenery too yeah they're in the alps like they went through the alps and that video sold me like if i go overseas if i go into europe to camp or hike it's the alps swiss and france side like i
1: how much does it cost you to send a board over there oh
0: let's see depends if it's overnight a lot but like if it's just regular dhl i think 80 bucks (whistles) yeah and then they got to pay duties and and all that too on their end so it's you know they're paying most of the time to get the board shipped and then you know on top of it it's all that taxes and duties can make it even more for them. So I don't even know how much that is on their end, but it's, it's not cheap. Yeah. They pay it and I just hope that it's worth it. You know, I like to think that it is because we put a lot of time and effort and love into those boards and we really enjoy doing it and just really grateful that people, you know, give us that opportunity to do so. And, uh, yeah, watch that video for sure. And watch uh go on YouTube and watch North Carolina G N A R T H North but Nar cuz it's Nar. It really is. And that might have the most views out of any of our videos on YouTube. Chris Anders, you know, from he's in North Carolina, but I don't know where he's at now. He works at uh the Smithsonian in like He's got an amazing job. Anyway, he's an incredible skater, and he's just schmanging down this hill, and it's really exciting and really fun to watch. And, uh, yeah, it's got a lot of comments, fun comments and a lot of views. And just watch that if you want to see some gnarly riding, some shredding.
1: Yeah, I'll have really to, I don't know if I watched that one. I watched the one, I think it was the Philippines, where the family got theirs. And yeah, I scrolled yeah. through them to that uh, Skate 08 skate one, eight oh one, yeah 801
0: skate oh one 801 the skate go skate day yeah that's another great video put together by michael danger a friend of ours who did a great job editing it and it worked really well with the song on there that's another fun one to watch is because the song works so well
1: with. yeah the you got the there. no effects yeah, uh separation of church and yeah. Skate.
0: which i mean he was like what song should we put on this and i was like well separation of church and skate obviously and it worked perfectly he was managed to like work the lyrics into the video too and a couple of points it worked out really well a lot of videos i'm really proud of and i've edited some of them and a lot of them most all of them were done by other you know skaters and they all did a great job but yeah those videos are great we have a lot of good stuff on our youtube ultimately i archived a lot of diy like builder how-to videos and inventory videos just cause I wanted to like update them and do a really good job at, at that make really informative videos. And that's maybe something I'll do here this year, or the next con, you know, content marketing seems to be a running theme with a lot of people I know anymore. And it's a really great way to go about it, but, uh, it's just so much work and yeah. it's, but it's really fun. It's really rewarding, especially like if a video really gets some steam, then it's really fun, you know, but, uh, Yeah, go out and watch those videos, because those guys put a lot of hard work into it, and there's a lot of really good skating, and good editing, and good music. And, oh man, Jermaine Dagoville, his videos. There's one that's just a raw run, but he put music on it, and it's like some... I don't know, it's not EDM, it's just like electronic dance music. Uh But the way that it goes, I don't know, it's incredible. He's like, he puts the music on after, obviously, but his skating's incredible and he's dancing to that music it's really incredible how it all came together and that one gives me the feels big time yeah i, mean, I don't know exactly what he'd call it. i think it's just jermaine Degaville, raw run that's on our channel the the euro team one is on our channel and on facebook there's also a drang europe page a, yeah drang europe that those guys manage and you know, okay it's a lot of there's a lot of good content out there that i I'm gonna have to share in the future because it hasn't been appreciated well enough and i can't take full credit for most or any of it so definitely plug the homies out there putting out that solid content and keeping up the stoke because they're really so skilled and they're just wonderful wonderful people and yeah we would not be where we are without them and so appreciative of them so go out there and appreciate those videos and comment and subscribe and share and yeah spread the stoke because you know yeah a lot of hard work went into and it's just all it's all based on love
1: no the videos I mean the ones I saw were pretty cool I think I was only on the Facebook
0: yeah thank you
1: Um, I'm pretty sure I didn't check the YouTube out I'm pretty sure it was just Facebook where I saw it
0: a lot of fun content on Instagram you can follow my brother's page Drang customs he's He's the guy that does the pressing and shaping and detailing the decks, like vast majority of the build aspect of the business. And he, he's master at it. And uh, his his Instagram's real fun. He's got a lot of really cool, insightful stuff. And, uh, I mean, there's just so much we want to do with, with the content and showing the build and just all the other aspects about the business and the writing and all of that. It's just, you know, it's a lot to put on top of the build because we – take it pretty seriously and it's a arduous process and we've really has come a long way and i want to be able to share that with people ultimately not to sell more boards but to to give people some insights on how not to do it and how to you know how to go about starting a skateboard brand because i know there are a lot of people out there that are that are wanting to do that and getting into it and there it's a hard road really if you want to try and make a living out of it and yeah i'd love for them to be able to do so and you know i just figure there is kind of a fast track and things to avoid and things to, to like really focus in on and uh yeah that's kind of the platform that i'd like to have going forward but you know gotta get uh gotta get back in it is gotta get back in a shop in some capacity and i don't know the whole woodworking aspect i got, I came prepared for like a lot of woodworking talk and there's just like skateboarding, such a vast topic that it ultimately like anytime I get into talking skateboards with people, it's like always a blast and it kind of overlaps with so many other areas, like passionate areas that people have. And I love that about it, but I love like the build aspect and the, and the, the craftsmanship behind it, which tends to get neglected a little bit. Like, you know, by even skateboarders or even craftsmen, they kind of like laugh at it when you, you know, you mention, like, oh, I built skateboards. And it's like, ha ha, well, I'm a real woodworker. So, like, you know, <laughs> it's like, have you ever laminated a board before? Have you ever built a press? Like, you know, there's just so much that goes into it. And I would love to share more of it. But if you're out there and you're wanting to get into building skateboards, definitely get in touch. I would love to talk to you. And, I'm sure that we can help you. So yeah, I plugged my number and my email, just shoot me a text or shoot me an email or a Facebook message an Instagram message. Don't send me a message on YouTube. I'm not going to respond to it. Even comments. it's It's too far removed from it, but yeah, like anything, even in that area, laminating, making bows, making boards, making benches, making chairs, stuff like that. Anything that's laminate carpentry. If you want to, you know, figure out how to do it. Or even if you know how to do it and you want to talk shop, you know, that's really that's really why I'm here. I love talking shop. I love meeting new people. I love learning new ways to do things. And I'd love to, yeah, hear more about it. I'd love to see more of it going on. And I, again, I think that craftsmanship and building things is really like a very important aspect about culture nowadays. And it always has been really, and uh i just would love to see things that are built to last you know yeah that, that go on forever like heirloom pieces stuff you pass on down to your kids and you know i like to think and i'm and sure and i can say feel good about saying that like all of our boards will be another kid someday like somebody's son somebody's daughter or his first board that'll learn on will be something we built 15 years ago or 10 years ago whenever it is maybe 30 50 100 who knows yeah like i don't think those boards are just going to fall apart you know if the volcano super volcano goes off and a thousand years from now they're digging through the ash like yeah i want our boards <laughs> still to just be <laughs> like there you know why not
1: i the one thing i wish like skateboarding, do you remember that show Built to Shred? I don't, no. Ah, uh, you gotta check that out, man. This this dude rigged up his truck, and he would go just to like cheap skate spots, and he'd bring you know a whole rack of plywood with him. And, Seriously, and uh, flat rail, and yeah, it was on Fuel TV back in the day. But uh, see,
0: that's what's up. That's like I'm about that. So Built to Shred, Built to Shred. Everyone check that out. Okay. Yeah, definitely a lot of good stuff to check out. Uh, I'm going to have to listen back to this because there's already a couple that I might have already spaced. I, I was going to bring a notepad with me, and I should have. But... Oh, this was really fun. Yeah, and no. Was... Time flew, and we covered a lot of ground. And, yeah, man, it's great to meet you, and I love what you're doing. Yeah, you hopefully you come
1: back on here.
0: Yeah, I'd love to. Yeah, let me know. And, um, Shoot if you're out there and you want to get into something, even if it's not skateboarding or, you know, carpentry or whatever, just take the leap, man. Just do it. Like just set aside a day or whatever in the near future and just give it a shot. And, and then think about it again, you know, and, and just nothing's
1: going to be easy. No, no, <laughs> certainly.
0: But like, you're going to make mistakes and that's exactly yeah. what learning is called is mistake making repeatedly. Yeah. You know, there's, a million quotes out there about uh, the most famous one is Thomas Edison. He said, like, I found a thousand ways not to build a light bulb, right? But, like, <laughs> one way to do it. Don't expect that you're going to be inventing a light bulb when you're doing something. You know, just take it easy. Don't take it too seriously. Just do it for fun. Enjoy yourself. Be safe. You know, safety first, safety second. And uh, hopefully you'll have all your limbs and your phalanges after, you know, <laughs> you're, you're an old old person and uh you'll have a lot of fun experiences and cool creations that you have that you've made that are bringing joy to people's lives and if not you know a million people out there or tons maybe just your grandkids or your children or whoever and that's that's important and that stuff brings a lot of joy and in life and vibrance to the world and yeah give it a shot don't be scared have fun
1: well thank you guys for listening take it easy and uh check out his channel I'm telling you, that video is pretty cool, and I'll see you on the next episode. Thanks, Scott. Thank you, man.